listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, look, I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, if you're a first-time visitor, my name is Jason. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, we should, I just welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm in the house of the Lord. Look, I don't care what house of the Lord you're in. Just be in the house of the Lord. Um, true teaching, spirit-led, life-giving, that's your criteria. <clears throat> like, go. Like, we want people. We want to see the kingdom move. And if that's here, awesome. If it's somewhere else, that's awesome, too, because the kingdom moving is what we're about. And so we're excited about that. So um, it's good to see everybody. Hope you had a good holiday. Um, um, we are in the second week of a series called Re. And it's uh, Re with the little little dots behind it. Um, so uh, we're talking about renewing. We're talking about recommitting, reapplying, repositioning, rebalancing. Going to do this each week. So last week we talked about being renewed. We talked about resolutions. Come on, where are my resolution people at? Who who made resolutions in here? <coughs> How many of y'all already broke y'all resolution? Come on. Somebody brought donuts this morning. That's why y'all broke your resolution already. Satan circles. <laughs> That's where they are. We talked about resolutions last week. We talked about renewing. We talked about how any life change that's going to happen in your life in 2023 has got to start with Jesus Christ. That means even things that you think are secular. Don't forget you're a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. Everything you do is, everything you do is spiritual. Everything you do is spiritual, okay? Um, so um, I made a commitment. I made a, a commitment, a resolution uh, to lose a little weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, for one thing, I'm a stress eater. You hear what I'm saying? Like, so where are my stress eaters at? That's that's it, man. Yeah. Um yeah, the two worst times of the year for me are um Halloween, because of all the candy, because it's easy to just consume. And if you anything like my kids, man, my kids get candy the last a whole year. You know what I'm saying? Like too many candies to the point where we're having to hide it. And um and so that's a difficult time. And the other worst part of the year is the other part of the year. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know if you ever had food, but food tastes delicious, y'all. Do y'all hear what I'm saying right now? Y'all think y'all think about some food right now, okay? And and don't think about that. We got enough few minutes here because y'all gonna be mouth waterings and sweating and all that stuff. And I'm gonna know you think about food. But I I wanted to lose some weight because it's been a struggle my whole life for me. You know, it's been a struggle my whole life for me. And um, I started to think, okay, so why do I fail at my resolutions? Why does anybody fail at their resolutions? And so I did some little googling. And I um, had a, a secular prophet say these five things. So we're going to look at these five things. I thought they're pretty good. Number one, we set unrealistic expectations. Number two, we don't go step by step. Number three, having too many goals at a time. Number four, inability to identify the obstacles. And number five, stress. Anybody know what stress is like? All right. Uh, let me say them like this. Uh, let me re-say them like this. Number one, we commit to ideas but not reality. Uh, number two, the product of our commitment takes too long. Anybody in the take too long stage like, oh, y'all want me to lose this weight? It's going to take me how long? A year and I might lose 15 pounds? That's too long. I need, I need that Mariah got to dance tonight kind of weight loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need, I need it gone, baby. Just hook up a vacuum cleaner to me and do work, you know, like. What about this one? We overcommit. We overcommit. 
uh, or we overlook things that cause us to decommit. And lastly, stress, man. Stress is always, I ain't got nothing else for stress, y'all. Stress is a joke, right? Stress is a punk. The main reason, uh, you look at these things and, and, and we can laugh and chuckle, but these are why our relationships fail too, not just our resolutions. It's why our commitments fail and our commitments falter. It isn't because of bad intentions. See, we intend to do good. I mean, nobody in here wakes up in the morning and goes like, I intend to mess up everything at my job today. I'm going to do everything I can to make my boss a lot. Now, if you think like that, let's talk after church, okay? Because uh, maybe we need to seek some other employment for you guys. But, um, but you don't typically intend to do bad. Um, uh, uh, if you want to lose weight this year, for instance, though, you can't just intend to lose weight. Okay, you have to commit to it, and, and that commitment just can't be a word. I'm losing weight, okay, good. how's that going to work out? You have to actually do something, okay? You, you have to develop a plan, and you've got to put it in motion. You have to prepare for issues and problems in advance. You have to prepare for those mornings when the bed makes you happier than the workout does. You have to enlist people to help you stay the course. You have to realize that there's going to be a moment. When a Texas Roadhouse roll, come on somebody, is going to speak more life to you than the high-protein, low-carb meal that you know you ought to be eating. I know it's steak and broccoli, but it's cinnamon rolls with the, the, rolls with the cinnamon butter, man. Come on, dude. Some of y'all going to Roadhouse after church just today. I'll drive 45 minutes to go get some. <coughs> you know, it's funny how we can laugh about this and talk about this in terms of losing weight, but... But, but we, the same things happen in our relationship with God. The same thing. Something else speaks more life to us in that moment than our relationship with God does. One of the most satisfying things about being married to my spouse is that I know when I wake up in the morning, Monique will be there. I, I, I mean, we've had our fights. We've had our struggles. I'm not always easy to live with. And she ain't in here, so I'm going to say it. She ain't always easy to live with. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> but even in the midst of our toughest times, when we've had problems, we've sought help. We've refused to ever even breathe the D word. Yeah. Yeah. Why? It's simple. Our commitment was just too important, man. Uh, we believed what we said on that altar. In front of all those people, in front of God. We have a commitment to our family. You know something? Our commitment should be enough to keep us engaged. But listen, that's not how life always works, is it? And sometimes people are willing to decommit because they think it's going to bring them joy and satisfaction. It's sad. And people hurt because of it. But we're talking about you and your commitment. The Bible says, as it's up to you, live at peace with all people. Okay, you can't live at peace with somebody who refuses to live at peace with you. But as far as you goes, you stay committed. You stay faithful. You stay the course. Let me ask you this. Is your commitment to God strong enough to weather storms that may come? Now wait, before y'all answer, y'all going to be in here like Peter talking about, I ain't never going to deny you, Jesus. Hold on a second. What if God doesn't come through like he thought he would? What if God doesn't keep you safe? What if God fails to meet your expectation? <clears throat> what, if, what if God doesn't heal your kid? 
What if God doesn't fix your spouse's problems? I'm sorry, I had to throw that one in there. (laughs) Is your commitment strong enough to stay engaged with God even if he doesn't do the things that you want him to do? Or, or are you wavering? Like where would you, where you find yourself today? Are you strong, committed to the Lord? Or are you wavering? You know, with dieting, maybe it's because it's just too hard. Why does our commitment waver? It's, it can be hard, right? Or, or we don't love who we'll be more than who we are right now. That could be it. Maybe that's why our commitment wavers when it comes to that. What about relationships, though? Meaning with God and others. Hey, maybe sometimes you don't feel like the commitment is reciprocated. And it's very difficult sometimes to stay committed when you don't feel like that reciprocation is there. Okay, I mean, let's, let's take it off of your spouse for a minute. Put it on your job. Hey, they ask you to work 50, uh, 40 hours a week and they're going to pay you this much money. But you work 60 hours a week and they don't give you any kind of raise. They don't give you any kind of... And then they put extra on you. And then they gripe at you when you're doing what you're doing to begin with. Wait a minute. You see, the commitment doesn't seem on the level, does it? Maybe you feel like people aren't holding up their side of the bargain. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you think God isn't holding up his side of the bargain. We see something like this in the, uh, in the story of the prodigal son. We always love to be the prodigal son. We, we love that. And I think it's because we love the party at the end. We love being received back. We love being welcomed back. But don't forget that sometimes you're the entitled son. That's the prodigal son's brother that was still there. Here's what the Bible says in Luke 15, 25 through 32. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. When this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. How many times have you been like the entitled son? God, I promised that I would serve you, and I've been serving you. I've been faithful. I go to church, and I pay my tithes, and I stop cussing and dipping for you. And this is all I get? (coughs) I get a lifetime of trouble? Because let's be real, guys. Christianity ain't easy, man. Not in this world we live in. It's not a walk in the park. Christianity is going to make you have integrity when nobody else around you has integrity. They're going to make you, it's going to make you do the right thing when nobody else will do the right thing. It'll make you to stay the course when you're the only one getting punished, even though you're the only one doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're looking for a fair life, Christianity ain't it. Okay? It's just not. Can I tell you something, though? It's worth it. Exponentially. You will never have a life better than the one lived for Jesus Christ, even with the pain that comes from this world. What does David say? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. Better is one day with you, Jesus. I don't know how in the world people live without Jesus Christ. I don't know how in the world they make it through situations without Jesus Christ. And I don't know how they make it through without friends that love Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to tell you what, there are plenty of times when my grip wasn't strong enough to hold on to Jesus. But I have a group of guys around me that wouldn't let me fall. They'll grab me by the throat if they have to to keep me connected. Come on, man, get some people in your life like that. But here's what the prodigal son said. He said, Dad, I've been faithful. I've been loyal. I've been obedient. I've served you well. Why are you neglecting me? Some man who felt like he was getting overlooked. He's being taken advantage of. The problem is that the entitled son was not committed to his father. He thought he was, but he was really committed to the idea of what he thought his father wanted, not really to his father. We know because if the, if the entitled son had really been committed to the father, then what moved the father's heart would have moved the son's heart. It's a telltale sign of where your heart is when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you a son or are you an orphan? Did you know I had a chance to be a son or orphan this week? Some of you are like, wait a minute. You, you wrote Killing the Orphan Spirit, man. You, you, you know how to do this. Yeah, I do. Do you think I don't get attacked? You don't think I don't get continually attacked? S Satan wants me to see me an orphan more than any of you because I've helped so many of you get free of the orphan spirit. So he wants to see me back in it so he can go, look, see, it doesn't work. But I had a chance this week in our brotherhood meeting. Um, our brotherhood um, leader, uh, his, his name is um, David Wright. I just, uh, he's a guy, I, I love this guy like I love Pastor Chuck, man. He just, he's just a solid, one of the wisest men I've ever met in my life. He is um, no longer going to be the leader of our group, and he's stepping down from leadership for a bit. Um, and, and nothing's wrong or anything like that. He's just, you know, everybody needs a break, man. And so he's just kind of backing out of that. And two other guys are stepping up. One of them is one of my buddies that's got a church about the same size and all that stuff as ours. And one guy that's newer to the group than, than several of us are. See? So I could either say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who's this freaking guy? Who's this guy? Like, been in here 13 seconds and going to come over here and be my leader now? Or I could say, praise God, Sean. Man, I honor you, dude. Praise God for what he's doing in your church. Like, praise, God, praise God for the increase. I can, I can close myself off from receiving from that man real fast by not honoring. And that's what an orphan does. But a son is happy about when he sees promotion in other people because that's what God's doing in their life. Come on, y'all. Are we committed to the Father or not? What about when you see somebody that you don't think deserves grace? Come on. Like, if we're going to be real, we're going to be real. What about, it's a whole lot easier to show grace to somebody in somebody else's life. But what about the person that hurt you? What if they came into the church today, crying their face off, down on this altar, begging God to forgive them? Would you be willing to pour grace on them? I'm about to figure out if you're the entitled son or not. This is real. Your commitment to the Lord is serious. Now, there are plenty of other things that cause our commitment to waver. Things like pride, disobedience. Anger, bitterness, offense, misunderstandings, the list can go on. But today we're talking about recommitting. So what can we learn from these, this list that we saw a minute ago that can help us when it comes to committing? We're going to go through these things, and then I'm going to give you three things that we need to be committing to this year. Okay, first, number one, setting unrealistic expectations. We have to learn to manage our expectations of what God is doing and maybe even who he is. God is not a genie, Okay. You can't rub him and all of a sudden you get three wishes. Yeah. 
Okay? And one of your wishes definitely can't be, I need three more wishes. God is not a genie. And that's how a lot of times we think God is. We think God is this thing that just does what we want it to do. Well, God, if you really love me, then I wouldn't be struggling with this. Maybe the struggle is the very thing that's got you to God the first, in the first place. Could it be that if, get, if God didn't send the storm, you never would have clung to him to begin with? Maybe it's the very struggle that you're dealing with. It's the thing that's keeping you close to Jesus. Because everybody knows when life is good, we don't really talk to him a lot, do we? He doesn't do what we want him to do. But, but, but he is who he promises he'll be. And the only place we can find what he promises is in the word. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but we're back to reading your Bible. Look, I don't care if you're a novice in Christianity or the expert of experts. You all read the Bible. It's all the same thing. We, if we're going to temper our expectations of God and his actions, we have to be constantly in the word, learning his nature and character so we have healthy expectations when God does something that we don't understand. I told you before, um, maybe that I've talked to Pastor Chuck before about the whole weight loss thing with me. Um, I went to a conference one time, and at that conference, there was a guy speaking. This was like the first year I was at New Covenant. And uh, Monique was sitting next to me. She says, hey, how come you've never done that? You'd be really good at that. And I said, I said, I don't know. I mean, a lot of times it's who you know. Like, I mean, honestly, it's, it, church is a lot like anything else. Like, if you know somebody and all that kind of stuff. But maybe, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But I said I always would like to, but I never had the chance. And so I was sitting there in silence, and I said to God, how come I've never been had the opportunity to do that? And now you're going to think this ain't God, but I know it was God. Cause I heard because you're too fat. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. I was like, trying to slim up. No, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> now, now, some of y'all might be offended by that. But I knew it was God because I didn't feel condemned. And as I began to listen, he simply said, people will take one look at you and they'll judge you. And they won't listen to what you have to say because they've already made a judgment against you in their heart. And he says, so if you really want to do everything you can to make sure that you can reach as many people as you possibly can, losing weight would be a really good first step. So you know what I did? I went and talked to Pastor Chuck about it. And he started me on this process where we would go, you know, we'd work on that. And listen, it wasn't always happy little fun little meetings. In fact, a lot of times I left going like, I'm going to punch that dude, let him say one more thing about biscuits. You know what I'm saying? Like, <coughs> I would be mad. Do you know what kept com me coming back? You know what kept me having those meetings with him? Here, here's why. I started thinking, has he ever said anything to me where he's intentionally tried to hurt me? Has he ever lied to me? Has he ever said something to me with the intent of harming me? And the answer was always no. And that's why I came back. Let me ask you something. Has God ever said anything to you or done anything against you with the intention of hurting you? Has, has he ever lied to you? Has he ever promised you something and he didn't come through? Now it's real quiet in here. And let me just tell you right now, if you think yes is the answer to any of those questions, you need to spend some time with Jesus. You just need to spend time with Jesus. Because the nature that we see in the Bible is a God who cannot lie. And number two, loves you so much, 
He went to his own pain for it. And number three, if he's given you a promise, he will, he will stand on it. But listen, God has no obligation to answer your expectation. Second one is not going step by step. This is all about the process. Too many people want the process. Too many people want what the process produces, but they refuse to stick to what the process requires. Y'all, this is a commitment issue. Are you trying to cut corners in your relationship with Jesus? Okay, let me give you a scenario to help you explain the point. Um, you pray to trust God more. God, I want to trust you more. So he allows some struggles that are designed to test your endurance and, and shape your character and to give you hope. And he has you on a process where you are constantly required to lean on him so that you can discover his faithfulness. And then you can tap into the faith and trust of other people around you so that you can learn to trust God for yourself. But rather than enjoy that process, you get mad at God because you tried praying to him to trust more and all you got was trouble. Now you don't just trust him. Now you don't trust him at all. And now you're also mad at him when all along you, you wanted to just answer your prayer. But he did answer your prayer, just not in a way you expected. What you wanted was a gift. And what God gave you was the opportunity for education. But trust comes with experience. And because you refuse to commit to the step-by-step process, you miss the product. So now you're sitting here mad at God rather than trusting in God when the very situations that God just sent to you and you just walked through were designed to answer the prayer that you prayed. Y'all, God ain't going to give you patience. He's going to give you opportunities to learn patience. Here's why. Because if he just gave it to you, you might think that you had it in you all along. But you see, patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. If I want joy in my life, it's got to be a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is not me. That is something that lives inside of me, that taps into the spirit that's inside of me, that allows me to deep unto deep with the Lord. And if I'm going to experience the joy of the fruits of the Spirit, I've got to be tapped into the Spirit. But God will send you constant situations to help develop that inside of you. Having too many goals at a time. Maybe it's this one. Let me say it like this. Are you trying to fix too much at once? You know, when you first get saved, you get so pumped, you just want to fix everything. So it's like being in a car wreck. You got a broke leg and a cut little pinky finger. All right, what you want? I don't need to fix a leg and a pinky. <laughs> no. Let's fix the major stuff first, and we'll work through the little stuff later. Okay, your pinky's not going to kill you. Your broke leg might kill you. Okay, so you have to be careful. You're not trying to do too much. At once. When we try to do this, sometimes we get disheartened. Because the more we see of the beauty of Jesus, the more we see the nastiness of us and our sin. And it can cause our hope to diminish and our commitment to wane. In situations like this, we need to just take a step back for a moment and realize that new isn't immediate. I remember that from last week. And that the process takes time, man. It takes time. You're probably not the beautiful plant that God wants you to be yet. You're probably not. You probably got some growing. You're probably not producing fruit at the level that God wants you to produce it yet. You got some growing to do. That's okay. That's why you're here. That's why you're engaging. That's why you're here. 
Uh, this next one, inability to identify the obstacles. Maybe you're the opposite of the end of that argument, and you're, you're not adjusting because you can't see any issues within yourself. God bless you, brother and sister. <laughs> sister, wonderful. Your inability to identify obstacles in your faith walk is creating a sense of lessened need of God. And let's be honest, the things you think you don't need don't really get your attention. In moments like these, we need objective third parties to help us see what we cannot see. I think Tesla cars are awesome. They're incredible. I watched this guy on TikTok, the same as Brian, he's an electrician, and I watch him install these Tesla charging stations in houses, you know, with the 50, 60 amp breakers and all this kind of stuff. Guess what? I don't need a Tesla charger. Do you know why? I don't have a Tesla. Okay? So on my order of importance when it comes to what I need to budget for this month, a Tesla doodad for the wall is not high on the list. If you think you don't need God, he's not going to be high on the list either. Last bit of stress. Man, maybe, maybe it's just too hard. Maybe dealing with sin is too hard. Maybe forgiving is just too hard. Maybe this life is too hard, so you get disheartened. Then you find it easier to disengage. Guys, there's a million reasons why we might be uncommitted or at the least uh, not as committed as we should be with the Lord. But there are things we need to be committed to, especially as we begin 2023. And I want to spend the rest of the time we have today talking about those things. If I were to define the word commit, what we would find is it means to be dedicated to something. But it actually comes from two old Latin words that literally mean to be joined together with. So what we want to do this year is as we recommit, we want to join together with these three things so that we can become everything God created us to be in 2023. Y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. All right, here we go. Number one, we need to be recommitted to God. Yeah, no, duh. Like, y'all know we're going to start with Jesus. We need to be recommitted to God. You're in either one of two camps. Um, either you're committed to God and you want to double down on that commitment. Or you know you are not committed to him like you should be. You've decoupled in some way, shape, or form. And you know 2023 is the year to get back into communion with God. Communion with God. Do you know you were created for that? We were created to worship. No, bro, he got worship. And it's better than a heel song up in heaven right now. He got plenty of worship, okay? And listen, he don't need us down here glooming. He don't need us singing. He loves it when we sing. Some of y'all, yeah, he loves it when y'all sing too. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Make a joyful noise. <laughs> Bless your sister. That's <laughs> so funny. I don't think God cares how you sing. But he created you to have a relationship with you. Communion with you. We see that in 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Fellowship is koinonia. You know what God wanted? He loved his son, Jesus, so much. He said, let's create some more people to join in our fellowship, Jesus. That's why you're breathing right now. God wants a relationship with you, but there's so many things in life that war against that. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like your relationship with God has taken some hits in 2022? Yes or no? Okay. Um, how would you battle differently then in 2023? Now, what's that got to do with fellowship? I'll tell you what it's got to do with fellowship. The closer you get to Jesus, the stronger your commitment is. 
and the stronger your commitment is, you'll find that while the battles may be raging around you, you find that you're not the one fighting them. You find that Jesus is fighting your battles. So you can spend 2023 just like you spent 2022 fighting and warring and all cut up and beat up and broke up. Or you can lean into your relationship with Jesus Christ and allow him to go into the battle for you. Does that mean I don't have any responsibilities? No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that the front that the enemy's bringing against you, that you're not taking the brunt of that. Jesus is taking that for you. In, in 1 Kings 8, we see the rededication of the temple. And there's this passage at the very end of it in 61. It says, And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as, uh, as at this time. So let's talk for just a second. How do we commit to the Lord? This is important. I can give you a bunch of theory or I can give you some practical too to help you do this. Well, first, it's got to start with what you think. It always starts in what you think. Are you thinking about 2023 like you were thinking about 2022? Okay. Are you thinking about your family? Like, is there any hope that whatever is broken in your family can be restored? Is there? I heard one emphatic yes. That somebody was in faith. Is it possible? Absolutely. What's it going to take? <laughs> Miracle from where I'm standing, Jesus. Well, isn't it, isn't it a benefit then that you serve a miracle-working God? But let me tell you something right now. Your stinking thinking isn't going to invite miracles. All right. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying name it and claim it. Good Lord, get that out of your mind. I'm not, things that are completely broken and demolished and no hope of being restored. I'm not saying spend 2023 just speaking life to dead bones, whatever, man. I'm doing, tell you, I'm telling you do what God told you to do on that. But I am saying, have some positive thoughts about stuff. How do we do that? Romans 12, two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. So let me send you back to the prodigal story. The prodigal son story, the entitled son. I'm inviting you to stop for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to help you start thinking like your daddy instead of like yourself. Okay? Because <clears throat> it might not be, you might not have the mental capacity to handle what God has for you in 2023 when it comes to restoring your family or anything else. So it's got to start with how you think. The second part is you have to move to what you believe about God. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hey, listen, knowing Him requires learning about Him. And you learn about Him through His Word. What's God say about the situation that you're facing that you need to have some better thinking on? You need to wrap it up with what you do. Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord and trust in him. He will do this. Let me ask you this. When's the last time, rather than jumping up on the beltway, heading to work, instead of cussing out some little old lady that's just trying to go get an Albertsons or whatever, what if, what if instead, as your hands were on the steering wheel, 10 and 2, baby, you said, God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know you know what's going to happen today. So here's my commitment to you. You are Lord of my life. 
I exist to bring you glory and have a relationship with you. Whatever my hands do today, God, let them be directed by you. Wherever my feet go, let them go in the paths that you created for me. Whatever my mouth says, let it speak life and speak holiness and goodness and let it glorify you. Let everything I do today be a reflection of how incredible you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Honk, honk, honk. You can't do that. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'm serious about this, though. Like We can joke about the freeway, but I'm serious. When's the last time you asked God to help you in your interaction with the person that you were about to go have a meeting with? I know some of y'all, when y'all have really tough meetings, we'll get a text, hey, I have a tough meeting, you need to pray. <clears throat> I get you. But what about just sitting in your cubicle next to that one person? What about the fact that you know you're going to get home and you and your husband are going to be tired and what the enemy more wants more than anything is to put you on a situation where you're all fighting and bickering just because you're tired from today? How about this? Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, give me compassion for my wife tonight like I've never had before. Why aren't we doing this? Like, I'm serious. Why aren't we doing this? Why isn't he a part of every single thing? I'll tell you why. It's because our commitment really is more to ourselves and our ability to solve it than a lot of times than it is him. We need to recommit our lives to Jesus. Even you guys that feel like you've got a good commitment with Jesus. I love you. I hear you. But it might be that you need to up your game. 2023 has some stuff in it that needs you walking a better game than you walked in 2022. Second part is this, recommit to your spouse. Listen, Jesus is and always will be the most important person in your life. But a very close second is your spouse. <coughs> so the only person in your life more important than they are is Jesus. <coughs> Not your boss or your coworkers. Not your kids. Or your family members. If you're a kid in here, yeah, I said it. All right. You better hope that your mommy and daddy are the most important people to each other. I'll tell you why. Because you want to be able to bring your kids when you have them to grandparents' house and everything be good. That's the truth. Now, listen, I realize life happens and that's not always how it is. I don't want you to feel shame if that's how it is. But I want you to know God's plan is for a couple to stay together, man. And you better know who you're looking at across the table when the kids go to college. Not your friends or your buddies. When your life is out of order, when nothing works out right, a telltale sign is that you seem to struggle more when your life is in chaos. But until you get your life back in a godly alignment, you're never going to be able to commit to the level that the other person needs you to commit to. Now, if you're single in here, I want you to stay tuned in. Because i got some for you here at the end too. But I'm going to read to you out of Ephesians chapter 5. You know this passage of scripture, verse, starting in verse 22. Uh, you can always follow along in new version if you want to. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Man, be quiet. Don't say anything. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is itself a savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, also, also should wives submit and everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, uh, so that he might present the church himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle and any such thing, so that she might be holy and without blemish. 
In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I read this because I want you to see what God's expectation of your marriage is. If you want to see your commitment to your spouse strong this year, here's what you're going to need to do. Three things as a minimum. Number one, prioritize your spouse. Okay? Yes, more than the kids. You better have a date night. It's worth it. Yes, more than the friends. Yes, more than your job. Look, don't get to the point, fellas, I'm going to talk to you for just a second. Don't get to the point where you use your job as an escape from your wife. Okay? You, get, you might get respect at the job site. Okay? Everybody, everybody might love you at the job site. But remember, the grass is greener where you water it. Okay? So don't you dare have a job site with green grass and a home site with brown grass. You hear what I'm saying? Come on, guys. I'm putting it on you this year. 2023 is the year that men take their spot. Second thing is you have to prioritize your commitment to your spouse. When you do what love does, you feel what love feels. Listen here. Be as aggressive to maintain the commitment as you were when you were trying to secure the commitment. Come on, boys. Y'all know what y'all do for these ladies? Flowers and chocolates and all this other stuff. Man, you know what I used to do? I used to go to Books A Million and walk around with my wife looking at books just to hang out with her. Boy, we don't do that now. I'm like, you want a book? Go on Amazon. They ain't going to no books a million. <laughs> you, you used to, we used to go get massages or go get, you know, or go drive somewhere. Man, my friends used to make fun of me so much. We would drive around in the car, and uh, Monique loved picking flowers. Y'all, we'd be driving around the backwoods in Marshall, Texas, picking wildflowers. <coughs> my friends up at Wong Wong, ha, 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 look at you. Like, you. But you know what? I was trying to get the commitment. You hear what I'm saying? Your boy got it, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <coughs> I don't know how long it's been since Monique and I went picking flowers. But if you, if you want to maintain that commitment that you want with your spouse, hey, you might have to maintain it. You might have to work at it. Okay? Don't forget why y'all fell in love with each other. Last one is this. You have to prioritize your marital health. Restructuring so that the man is a spiritual leader of the house is a huge part of most marital problem solutions. A lot of times it's just a man stepping up and being who God called him to be. That doesn't mean to be a lord and a ruler and busting on. No, I'm not saying that. But it's time for men to step up and take their role. Uh, don't assume, uh, excuse me, don't let an issue become a problem. Get help. See a Christian marriage counselor if you need to. We, I know I got a lady. I got... I got two different people right now I can send you to that are really good and can really help. Well, if we go there, she might side with her. Well, you might be wrong. Right? I don't sit there and tell somebody how I feel. Okay, fine, get divorced. Feel that. Pick your pain, baby. I'm going to just put on the wall somewhere in our building, pick your pain. People don't really think it's a gym then. They used to think it was a gym until we put church on the wall. Now listen, if you aren't married, if you aren't married, then your kids get this focus. If you have no kids, then lean into who God wants you to be. So if and when a spouse comes along, 
you're ready for them and you're not having to just start the prep work for them. Be somebody that you'd want to marry. Last is this, recommit to the church. Ephesians 5.25, same passage we just read. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus loves the church. Do you? Do you love the church? I got to be honest with you. It tears me up to hear about some of the things that happen to people at other churches. It's infuriating to me. Really? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna treat somebody like trash because they don't have the right clothes on? I've, I've literally seen a person turn somebody away from a church because they had the wrong skin color. What are we doing? What is the church doing? You walk in with tattoos and leather and they think you're Satan. Really? Y'all have a real hard time with John the Baptist. Oh, we would camel hair smelling like honey. But even beyond that, you talk to anybody around here and there's at some level, there's some level of church hurt inside of them. And the church ought to be ashamed. They ought to be begging for forgiveness is what the church ought to be doing, if I'm dead serious with you. In fact, in February, we have a series here that we're doing called Church Hurt, and it's all about falling back in love with the church. I want to love the church like Jesus loves the church. And I went through a period of time in my life where I hated it too, y'all. In college, when I was learning how to be a pastor is when I hated it the most. Because I read what the Bible said, and I saw what the church was doing, and I was angry about it. So it's like, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to leave the church and say, forget them bunch of losers? Or are we going to get in there and we're going to be the people that we want the church to be? <coughs> I'm not going to sit back and just let the church dissolve into nothing. We're going to do everything we can to be a, biblically, a biblical church here in Liberty County. I want to treat people the right way, man. There's a segment in our lives where we felt like we were not getting reciprocal commitment. A lot of times people would say it's in the church. Churches abuse people. They treat people like a number. They care about a person in, in, in congruence with their level of giving. They understand, and I understand the church has problems. Got a lot of problems. It's got some liars and slanderers in it. I get you. But the best way you fight that mess is to be a person at church that you want to see at church. Now, there is an organization in the world that doesn't have problems, okay? Even with our own families, there are people. Come on, man. Even in your own family, you got some people. But we don't have to be that way, all right? We don't have to carry that hurt. Hey, we don't have to create that hurt. We can actually step into what the church was created for from the beginning. That's number one, to tell people about Jesus Christ. That's to, to help be an extended family, That's to care for and encourage one another, to serve and to bless each other, to create a place where we can come together and become who Jesus created us to be, to create an atmosphere where we can prepare ourselves to be the bride that Jesus is coming for someday soon. Look, there are plenty of reasons not to like the church, but I believe God is looking for some people in 2023 that can help shape the church into what God created it to be. Are you willing to make that commitment? Here's what it's going to take. It's going to take you being here. We need you here. We need what God put inside of you. Your gifts, talents, and abilities. And yes, your scars. I need them too. Don't forsake the assembly. We need you. 
It's going to take you committing to serving. Y'all, it ain't enough to just sit and soak. You have too many talents and too many abilities to not get your hands into the mix of moving the kingdom forward. I'm not saying this because we want people on a sign-up sheet. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want you to sit in a pew and miss what God would have you do personally to move the kingdom. Give you the opportunity to do that. And lastly, it means committing to godliness. Y'all, God has called us to godliness, to holiness, to righteousness. And when you're pursuing these things and you're here, you help create the atmosphere where God can really do amazing things. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. I want more of that this year. It's a part of why we're doing something um, starting in February called First Wednesday Services. It's a night where on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. we'll come up. We'll have a little bit longer worship than we normally have. <coughs> there won't be a teaching like traditional teaching. Um, our staff will get together before the service and we'll pray. And whatever God wants to say is what it's going to be said. We'll pray for each other at the altar. We'll have times of that. Yeah. Prophetic words. Yeah. Let's start in February, first Wednesday in February. I want more opportunities for us to encounter the power and presence of Jesus Christ. We talked about this as a lead team for a year. It's time to get in. You hear what I'm saying? It's time to get getting. I, Jason John Cowart, take you, Monique, and Danielle Dowdle to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till this day, until uh, death do us part. This is my solemn vow. That's what I said to my wife about 15 years ago. I was glad to have said that. I'm, I was excited to make that promise to her in front of all those people. Made my heart happy. Made me happy that I was getting into a family, in Monique's family, where I was the next step in a line of generations who'd stayed committed to each other and stayed married. I was excited to, to start my own family. And I remember something my parents promised me one day when I was a kid. Some of my friends' parents were getting divorced. And I said, are y'all going to get divorced? And they made a commitment to me that day. They would not get divorced. And you know what that did for me as a little kid? It created a foundation for me to stand upon knowing that no matter what happened, my parents made a commitment. They were going to stick together. Okay? You should strive for that commitment. You should strive for that in your life, not only with your spouse, but with the Lord. Your commitment means something. Your word matters. If you want to be who God wants you to be in 2023, I believe that it's going to take recommitting in some areas of your life today. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I don't know where you need to recommit. I don't know what that looks like for you personally. Maybe it sounds like, God, I need to commit to daily Praying and reading so I can spend more time with you and get closer to you. Maybe it's God, I need to commit to making my wife my priority, not my job or my hobbies. Maybe it's God, I need to commit to stepping into a serve team because I want to honor you with my time and efforts. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is, make that commitment today. And I'm, I'm not lost in the fact that for some of you, it might mean that you need to make that first time commitment to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you need to re-up your commitment to Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, if your heart's burning right now, you know you need to get your life right with Jesus. 
Just say this with me. It's Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. Save me. I believe in you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. I commit my life to you today, Jesus. And it's in your name, amen. God, we are here for you. Our lives are for you. Everything we are is for you. And God, we right now commit to you, Jesus. We commit, uh, we re-up on our commitment to you right now, Jesus. Whatever you want in 2023, God, I don't have a clue what you have for us. But God, we're committing to stick close to you. God, as long as I'm close to you, that's all that matters. We thank you for it. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on Freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.